0: Everybody, welcome to the show. This is Out of Bounds with Dylan James right here on JDF Sports. Alongside me, as always, is Tyler Sorensen. And this evening, we're gonna be talking to you about Jim uh, Jeff Saturday having his first game as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. We'll be talking about the NFC and who's gonna finish on top of the conference and the top of their divisions. And we'll also be talking about everything that happened in Week 10. What's gonna happen in Week 11? A lot to talk about. But first off, I want to thank Kevin Fitzmorris for filling in for me last week. I was on a plane back from California and couldn't do the show, unfortunately. But I am back this week, ready to talk some football. But Tyler, how are you this evening, sir? I'm
1: doing good. You should have just done it from the air. You just said whatever I should to have. everybody around it. Just been like, yeah, I'm doing this. I don't care.
0: The Wi-Fi is not good up there, though, in the skies, unfortunately. I think people around me probably would have told me to shut up three minutes into the podcast, which would not have been uh, good. I think there it would been a revolt on board if I had yeah. started a podcast in the middle of a plane heading back from California to Nashville. So Who
1: knows? One of my friends was stuck in Florida because of the hurricane, and on his flight back, hit three kids sitting behind him, screaming out the windows and kicking the back of his seat. So it probably would have been a better experience if he, if he just listened to the podcast instead.
0: Probably so. Yeah, if you don't want to listen to the podcast, then fine. Put on your headphones. But if you do want to listen to the podcast, it's right here in front of you on the plane. So yeah, exactly. I might do I might do that next time depending on the uh the Wi Fi connection that we have there. I did get to tune in a little bit on YouTube to watch uh you guys last week and again great show last week. Um because our entertainment for some reason decided to go down on the plane. So we had nothing happening on our screens in front of our seats. So I had to whip out the old iPhone and get the Wi Fi package and all that stuff. So that's how it goes with Delta sometimes.
1: That's why you always download everything download music you download youtube videos there you go
0: true absolutely absolutely well um once again thank you so much for joining us this this week uh for out of bounds if you want to join in on the conversation comment below we'll pop up your comments on the screen and talk about your favorite teams in the nfl a lot happened this weekend and one of the biggest stories that i didn't get to talk to uh, talk about last week was the indianapolis colts firing frank reich which i was actually kind of surprised about I was surprised it actually he actually decided to do it in the middle of the season. I knew Jim Ursay was turning that burner up. He was turning it hot for Frank Reich, and I was too. Being a, a third-party observer in this scenario, I, it was definitely time for Frank Reich to go. I think Frank Reich overstayed his welcome, especially being there for as long as he was. I think he should have been fired last season, but I digress. He was finally fired, and Jim Ursay made some waves by hiring Jeff Saturday as their interim head coach for the rest of the season and not looking at his assistants, not looking at his defensive or offensive coordinator, um, decided to go past his his staff that he currently has in the organization and go with a guy like Jeff Saturday. What, what did you think about the move? Um, I didn't really get to hear your opinion last week on that, but what did you think about the move? And going into this weekend, what do you think about his performance as a head coach for the Indianapolis Colts?
1: I mean, obviously, I think if you ever have somebody who's, I think this is the second best to hiring a quarterback as your, as you're, like, you're sort of like your head coach is hiring a center because be a playing center myself, you you have to know everything that's going on on the offense. You have to know the offensive line sets. You know, you have to know the calls. You need to know who's the mic. You need to know all this other stuff. And I think obviously Jeff Saturday is smart enough to do it because he was an ESPN analyst for a few weeks. And I think he's, proven himself that he's been doing it because he's been in the nfl for so long i think it's also good i think he did very good like obviously he just gave it to jonathan taylor jonathan taylor finally decided hey i'm gonna have my breakout game this week but they actually were they actually did play fairly well especially with the new uh offensive coordinator not offensive coordinator but the oh whoever the play caller was which i can't remember the name of off the top of my head okay, so i can't either
0: I can't either. But Karen is chiming in in the comments. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show, Karen. Thanks for joining us. Um, With Jeff Saturday, I was surprised by the hire simply because I, I, was, I was assuming that someone on the staff currently was going to take over the reins. And as you pointed out in the show sheet notes that we have here, too, the last two games that Jeff Saturday coached were losses, and they were to no. the fellow... One was a loss, one was a win. Yeah, one was lost, one was a win. Sorry. One was lost, one was a win. The loss that he had was against the Fellowship Christian Paladins of Roswell, Georgia. High school. High school football in 2020 was the last game he coached. And then now he's coaching the Indianapolis Colts in the NFL. It wasn't hard for him to have a good game one. Because the the game plan is simple. It should be simple in, in Indianapolis. First of all, bring back Matt Ryan as your starting quarterback. And they did. Because Sam Ellinger is, is not the guy. Yet, anyway. He's not the guy. Um, so bring back your former All-Pro, your former MVP in Matt Ryan, and let him start the game. But all you have to do is hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor. That's it. That's all you have to do. Frank Reich decided to go away from that scheme. In the second half of games, every single game this year, for some reason, you have a guy in Jonathan Taylor who was considered to be one of the better running backs in the league. Use him. There's no reason to go away from him, even if you're down a few points or down a touchdown or down 10 points. You can still run the ball and be successful with Jonathan Taylor. So you have a guy in Jeff Saturday come into this organization with a fresh set of eyes and say, look, you guys are doing it wrong. You guys need to do this to be successful. They did it in the first game of his tenure as head coach with the Colts. I, in my opinion, I don't think Jeff Saturday is going to be the coach of the NFL of the Colts next season. I think he's just here just to, you know, see what he can do in these games. Um, I did have a poll question on my Twitter page today if you want to go to it. It's Dylan underscore James is my Twitter handle. You can check out the poll, and at the end of the show, we'll we'll review these questions. But the first one was: Will Jeff Saturday end the season with an above five hundred record as a head coach? And I'll just say this: Currently, he's not. It's not favorable for, for for Jeff Saturday in the eyes of the fans who have been voting on Twitter. It's not favorable for him, and I don't think it is either. But hey, he, he's he's doing enough to where it's it, it's it's cult love. You know, he was a former Colt. He was the longtime center for the team. He won a Super Bowl with them. Um, Bring him in, have some good, good motivation in the locker room, some good vibes in the locker room, especially heading into the final stretch of the season, which, I mean, most likely the Colts, I mean, they are kind of in it. But I don't, I, I don't think – they'll have to get a wild card spot at this point. They're not going to yeah. win the division um, with the way they've been playing and also with Leonard being out for the rest of the year. Or I, he, at least he's on IR. I think he might, be, he might be out for the rest of the year. I'm pretty um, sure because
1: I know he just had surgery today. So yeah. I'm pretty so sure he's, he's out
0: for the rest of the year. He's not coming back anytime soon regardless. So um, having that blow for your defense and then on your offense, I mean you can only do so much with that team. Yeah. Um, it is interesting though they did they did win the game. Kudos to Jeff Saturday. I don't think it was necessarily anything he did. I think he just said run the ball, <laughs> give it a John the Taylor. What are we doing here? Um, which I would have done the same thing too if I were in his shoes. So, yeah. Wesley is jumping in the comments saying, "Good evening, fellas. Good evening to you as well, Wesley. Thanks for joining us as always." Um, but with Jeff Saturday, I want to get your take on it before we get everybody else to take it at the end of the show. Do you think Jeff Saturday will end above five hundred? In the games he coaches this year for the Colts.
1: See, I said yes because I'm a biased person and I like offensive line coaches. But looking at their current, at their, at the rest of their schedule, I don't think he could because they got the Eagles next week at home, so that, it could be winnable. Because obviously, we saw this week how oh, the Eagles didn't really do too well, so it could be winnable. Do I think they're going to win? No. Steelers, I think that's a winnable game. Cowboys, sort of iffy. Vikings, Vikings are on a whole another level. It seems like. Chargers could be beatable Giants could be beatable and Texans are most certainly beatable. So I think at the end, I think he might go three and five maybe then to finish the eight to finish the eight game stretch. But I could see him going 500 to maybe a game above 500 though. Interesting.
0: Well, again, if you want to vote on the poll, go to my Twitter handle Dylan underscore James, you can find the poll there and answer the other two poll questions we have, which we'll detail in just a moment too. So Brian is also here in the comments Good to see you boys. Brian always shows up. If you don't know that already, he always shows up to all our shows for JDF. So welcome Brian to the show. I'm glad you could make it this evening. But yes, it, he could He could end better than 500. But in my opinion, I just think that it's, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. He's he's definitely done it a lot, especially in the first week of him being the head coach. It's the shiny new toy for the Colts organization. It's the shiny new coach for the players And they wanted to show that they could play well for their new coach. Um, I'm sure some of them are fighting for their jobs for next year because they don't know what's going to happen once they get a new coach and things of that nature. Um, But again, I mean, kudos to Saturday for getting his first win of his coaching career. There was another coach, however, that you pointed out to me before the show. He is the second coach in NFL history without college or pro coaching experience And the first was Norm Van Brocklin, who finished his coaching career with a record of 66-107. So, if that's any indication as to what Jeff Saturday's career is going to look like as a head coach, then it's not very good. I mean... Not very good. Especially in this league. Especially this day in this league, if you're going 66-107 or anything around that number as a head coach... You're not gonna you're not gonna keep jobs very long.
1: I mean, we already have somebody who's got about that average with with Mike McDaniel's who still has a job. So
0: he does, he does. Not well, Mike I mean, I, I, for the I'm longest for the Josh longest McDaniels. time though, yeah, Josh McDaniel's, yeah, Josh McDaniel's. is cool. With the Raiders, Mike not McDaniels. doing well this season. Not doing well. Too, too many right. McDaniel's now. Yeah, too, too many. Mc, let's get him out of here. I'm sure the Josh McDaniel's. There will probably be a conversation. Although the owner did come out saying that Josh McDaniels is doing a fantastic job this season, yeah, even though they've one.
1: What one game?
0: I don't know where that. I don't know what he's been watching. Um, I did watch the Derek Carr clip though of him crying on the podium. I'm not sure if you saw that clip or not. Nope. but um, I, I'll see if I can pull it up for us to to watch that. But he was emotional in the. He was emotional in his. Post game press conference, which I don't blame him because last year they played well enough to get right there next to the playoffs, and I mean, oh, got they got in the playoffs, they mm-hmm. won that game, that last game against the Chargers. So I mean, y- you get in the playoffs, and the next year you are just the bottom of the barrel in your division, like you just can't beat anybody. It's it's rough to watch, especially with what they did in the in the in the off season getting. Um, getting your guy over there from the Packers, Devontae Adams. Yeah, I think that that was a huge get for them, but it hasn't translated to anything. It hasn't translated to a winning, a winning record in the NFL, and especially with the AFC and how we've seen things play out, especially in their division, it's going to be very hard for them to even sniff the playoffs this year.
1: Oh, yeah, it, it's going to be rough. And I think... I think also with uh, Derek Carr doing that, I think he understands that right now the Raiders have the number two pick. They could very easily go for C.J. Stroud, whoever, whatever quarterback is there, Malik Cooker, and just move him to the bench because his career might be done.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I do have the clip here. Let me see if I can pull it up for us. Um, this was the other day after his loss. Um, and let's see what Derek Carr had to say about the loss and how he feels about um, how the season's going so far for the Raiders.
2: Do you have any explanation for just where this team stands right now? Um, You know, I can't speak for everybody. I know where I stand and I love the silver and black. I'm gonna give it everything I can every time I go out there. And uh, I can't speak for everybody, Um, for every man, um, what's going on in their head, but I can tell you what's going on in my head and I'm gonna give it all that I can every single time.
1: Eric, i'm going to ask this with the utmost
2: respect is there in any way a disconnect with what you're trying to do and this new staff as far as the system I, you know i don't think so um uh, you know, i love i love josh i love the car I love our coaches um they've had nothing but success you know way more success than i've ever had you know and uh you know i'm sorry Sorry for being emotional. I'm just pissed off about some of the things, you know, that a lot of us try and do just to practice what we put our bodies through just to sleep at night. And for that to be the result, of all that effort, pisses me off, pisses a lot of guys off. It's hard knowing what some guys are doing. Like I said, just to practice what they're putting in their body just to sleep at night, like just so we could be there for each other. (laughs) And I wish everybody in that room felt the same way about this place. And as a leader, that pisses me off, if I'm being honest.
0: (laughs) So it pisses him off that people aren't doing what they should be doing, especially with uh, an interesting quote there was "It, it with what we put in our bodies to sleep at night. That was kind of interesting to me. It's like, okay, well, what are you really referring to? Um, I, I'm sure he's talking about Tylenol and, and you know, the things that All are right. out there, painkillers and whatnot. But um, it, it is fascinating to see him get that emotional about it, which, I mean, again, they were in the playoffs last year. There, there's no reason that at this point in the season, they're pretty much out of it. They're 2-7 and seven right now. Now, if they were three yeah. and six, it might be a different story. We have seen teams come out of those kind of holes before in the past. But a two and seven Raiders team, especially when you're chasing guys like the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Broncos, even the Broncos, uh, they're at three and six. So they have a better chance of getting to the playoffs than the Raiders do. But, uh, you know, especially with how much hype there was behind Josh McDaniels coming in and being that guy, the coach that everyone was looking at. I mean, I'm sure there are teams out there now saying, whoa, I'm glad we avoided that. I'm yeah. glad we don't have that in our locker room because obviously it's not working in, in Las Vegas.
1: Yeah, and honestly, looking at the rest of their schedule, I could see them not winning a game for the rest of the season. They have they don't even have a tough schedule. They've got the Broncos once. They've got the Seahawks, which we saw might have a little bit of a rough patch going for them. And then they have the Broncos and the, and the Rams, who Rams are looking like, poop they just lost cooper cup for the rest of the year bronco or patriots are looking like the patriots not not good but i could see them not winning a single game because of how bad they have been playing
0: well and also cooper cup i don't think he's out for the rest of the year i know the, he, he's out for at least four to five weeks or whatever it is um because he uh, apparently he has a an high ankle sprain it's not as i thought he just had surgery on it though he might have had surgery I don't think he's out for the rest. I don't think they ruled him out for the rest of the year, but he is out for quite some time from that. Um, which I'm, I'm sure, if they at this point, can we say the Rams are making a push for the playoffs?
1: I don't know. I just hope they're. I just hope that the Monday night game doesn't get flexed between us and the Rams because I'm going to that game. So.
0: Oh, no! yeah, but Fingers hopefully
1: it's going to be But if it does, Fingers win, crossed. but yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's like I could see them just completely missing the playoffs. And I think this might be the first time, at least recent memory, where the Super Bowl champions completely missed the playoffs.
0: Yeah. And we both thought that they were going to be up there in the in the higher echelon of NFC teams. But you have the Eagles, the Vikings and the Giants. <laughs> up at the top of the NFC. Neither of us saw that happening. No. I mean no. I mean, the Eagles yeah. I mean I I I kind of thought they were going to do the, well. Yeah, the Eagles and offense. the
1: Vikings. Yeah, the Eagles and the Vikings, I think we had at like the top 4, but it's like even then I don't think we had them like higher than like 3.
0: No. No. It's it's fascinating. And especially it shows me, especially with the Vikings, it shows me that Mike Zimmer was probably more of a problem than we thought he was. Oh yeah. That in that scenario, you know, my he just wasn't getting the most out of his players. But then you have this new coach come in, you have the play, Justin Jefferson making one of the catches of the year this past Sunday. Um, Kyle, Kirk Cousins is just lighting it up. He's in the MVP conversation I, you, you can't make this stuff up. You know, it's it's really fascinating to see the transformation of that team from last season to this season, especially with everyone talking about before with Kirk Cousins, oh, he'll, he'll get you close, but he can never go over the hump. Is this the year he goes over the hump? Is this the year that he could do it? And all the signs are pointing to yes. I mean, they, they've done a great job with their schedule so far. They just beat arguably the best team in the AFC in the Buffalo Bills in a comeback win like you you just can't you can't discount the Vikings anymore. You, you no. just can't in the NFC.
1: Yeah, no, and I I really thought before the season was started, I thought it was going to be the same old Kirk Cousins going to just throw the ball away, but it's like he's protecting the ball. He's I I don't know if you saw this part last year last week, but he basically the exact same sense as Aaron Rodgers throughout the throughout the so far the season which Rogers playing bad is obviously it's different for him, but he's playing like an average quarterback and Kirk Cousins is playing better than what he normally does. And it's like, it's interesting too. Cause it's like, you look at this Buffalo game where is this the sort of the death note for Buffalo? Where are they going to go on a losing streak here? Because of what happened last week is Josh Allen's elbow actually going to be okay.
0: That's a big thing too, with Josh Allen, that injury he has with his ulnar nerve. I think it was um, that's, that's not good. That's not good. Even though, yes, we just saw him go toe-to-toe with the Minnesota Vikings and lose by three points, but still, like, that's not a good injury moving forward, and I, I, I'm i not sure. I haven't heard anything from the Bills camp to see how his injury has been since the game because I don't know if it got acted up or whatnot during the game, but, yeah, that just finishing out like that on Sunday was not a good look for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills and the playmakers that are there, Stefan Diggs, um, you know, all, all those guys that are there with the bills, they, they weren't able to step up to win this game, to get it in overtime and then to win the game in overtime, they just couldn't do it. So they couldn't get over the hump. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really tough. But I mean, with the NFC, there's three teams right now that are, that have two losses or less And that's the Giants, then the Vikings, then the Eagles. And I have another poll on my Twitter feed if you want to go there, Dylan underscore James. It is, who, which team has the best chance to secure the number one seed in the NFC? Is it the Eagles, the Vikings, or the Giants so far? Because the Giants are still in it. Or other. You can comment below and let us know what uh, you think. Which team could potentially be in that conversation that isn't currently in that conversation. I know the Buccaneers... Tom Brady's undefeated since he got divorced, so will he continue that? Will Rob Gronkowski finally say, it, it, I'm back. <laughs> I'm coming back. I'm going to help. Um, he could. At any day, Rob Gronkowski could make the call to Tom Brady, or Tom Brady, Tom Brady making the call to Gronkowski probably, saying, it's time. Like, yeah. come on up. Come on up, because it's it's time. Um, so that's another question, too. Feel free to go to my Twitter feed and answer that question, and we will provide the results at the end of the show. Um, So that was going to be a very good one. But the other two teams too, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley with the Giants, Dayball has been coaching very well this season. This past weekend, they were kind of in a rut in the first half. He went and he laid into the offensive line, laid into him on the sideline, and they came out and squeaked out the win, which is good for them. So they're still on trajectory, to have a very, very good season in New York, one of the best seasons they've had in quite some time. But then you have the Philadelphia Eagles, who last night on Monday Night Football just could not get it done against the Washington Commanders. Yeah. Like they 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 struggled in that game. So their first loss of the season, losing to the Washington Commanders. I think at that time they were what, four and four?
1: They were four and five. Another now, five and five.
0: Okay, they, they were four and five and now five and five. You lost. To the, you you lost to the Washington Commanders. That was your first loss. <laughs> like I, I, typically, when it comes to these sorts of things, too, when a, a team has an undefeated season, it's usually good to face adversity in the regular season instead of waiting to the playoffs. That's always a good thing. Um, if if I'm you know if I'm an Eagles fan today, I, I feel pretty good that they're in a great position right now. They've only had one loss. They tasted that loss and hopefully they move forward and don't taste it again. But at the same time, this could be a deflating loss. This could be a loss that kind of takes the wind out of the sails for the Philadelphia Eagles moving forward. And in two weeks, they see the Tennessee Titans, the defense who has been allowing three weeks. Sorry, three weeks. Three weeks. Two weeks to face of us. No, it's this week.
1: No, so they face Colts this week, the 20th. No, it's they the Packers face... this week. No,
0: I'm, I'm sorry. Green Bay Packers are playing against the Titans this week on Thursday Night Football. So, yeah, yeah. I guess three weeks. So, we face two the... weeks from now, the Titans are playing – need to double-check that. Jacksonville, I believe, maybe. Let me pull
1: it up. I got sure. it right here. Um, they face – you guys face us, then
0: the Bengals, then the East. Bengals, that's right. Okay, Bengals. So, that's the game after Thanksgiving, So um, which I'll be at that game. And it's hopefully a revenge game for the Titans. That would be great. But the Eagles in three weeks. And A.J. Brown will be facing his former team in the Tennessee Titans. And that'll be an interesting game to watch. So we'll see how that goes. John chiming in noticed that we started talking about the Eagles. But he said, I've noticed when they struggle running the ball, they lose or come out very close. Talking about the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, you you have to have a balanced attack on offense to open up the wide receivers on the edge to get those high flying plays that they've had all season. You have to.
1: Yeah, and that's sort of their but that's sort of been their identity, especially last year. You saw when they started to run the ball with Miles Sanders, they wanted a huge winning streak to make it to the seven, to make it to the seventh seed. And this year they come out, they start running the ball early, and then if they struggle with that or they have some issues with it, then they start to lose faith in it and then they start to go away with it. And then it's like, and then who knows? So they'll sort of lose. And then it's like, this I want to say this sort of stretch, this upcoming stretch, sort of like their toughest. I think we talked about it two weeks ago where I'm worried about the Packers, Titans, Giants. Those are the, the next three after the Colts. So in two weeks, they'll face Packers, three weeks, Titans, four weeks, Giants. That's a tough stretch, especially the way how hopefully that we've been playing, we start to go back that the Titans have been holding teams close and the Giants are playing Giants are playing great. Who knows what they're able to do against those three teams, especially with how difficult this game was, I guess, for them, especially with the sort of underrated defense that Washington
0: has. Yeah, and also John brings up, too, that Eagles just lost Dallas Goddard as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which- that's a huge blow as well. Losing a tight end is always a huge blow for any offense that you're talking about, regardless of who it is. Your starting tight end is usually a piece of that offense to make it to where you're successful. So, um, and Dallas Goddard for a long time has been regarded as at least a top 10 tight end in the league.
1: Yeah. Especially, uh, especially after they traded Zach Ertz. uh, last year, or was it last year or was it 2020 that they traded him. I think it was last year.
0: I think it was last year.
1: Yeah. So it's like ever since like they sort of gave him the keys, he was but he's been looking great now that sort of injury just sort of decimates his sort of play of the year, I guess, his sort of playing year this year. It's tough because especially now that you don't have that safety blanket for uh Jalen Hurts anymore.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um and speaking of the Eagles, speaking of what happened last night on Monday night football, the Buffalo Bills suffered a loss. I mean, I'm sorry, the Buffalo Bills suffered a loss this weekend. Um so now that division's kind of interesting. So with the AFC East, you have the Dolphins, the Jets, the Bills, and the Patriots. Patriots are kind of out of it. They yeah. could potentially get a wild card spot, but I, I think they're I think they're pretty much out of it at this point. So you're really looking at the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills um, on the poll. It's interesting. I actually put a poll on Twitter again. So follow me at Dylan underscore James. On that poll, I asked who will clinch the AFC East this season. so far say the Patriots, which I don't think they're living in reality. Um, However, Dolphins, Jets, and Bills have a really good shot of winning that division. So do you still think the Bills are the ones to clinch the division? Do you think the Dolphins or the Jets, Dolphins having Tua Tagovailoa, who has secured the best passer rating I believe we need to find that statistic still um his passer rating I believe to start the season or to start his career has been 118 plus as a passer rating which is phenomenal and it's it's even better than how Josh Allen started his career so with Tua playing as well as he is with Tyreek Hill there and with all the weapons they have there in Miami versus the Bills I mean, do you think the Bills still are able to achieve the division title this year in the AFC East?
1: I think it's going to be a lot closer, especially with Josh Allen's injury, but I think it's going to be Dolphins 1, Bills 2. And I think it's going to be very, very close because of how well that the Dolphins are constructed. I think once we get to the playoffs and once things start to slow down a bit, I think we'll be able to see some maybe a little bit of gaps in the in the game. I don't think you'll have Jeff Wilson going off for a hundred plus yards to eat a hundred plus yards. Um, but I think with the injury to Josh Allen, it's going to be rough for the Bills to especially sort of keep that high flying offense that they've had for the past bit, and especially with all the with all the injuries on the defensive the back. The defensive backs it's going to be rough it's going to be very very rough for them to hold on to these sort of high-flying teams like the Dolphins like even the Chiefs when they when they inevitably sort of face each other in the playoffs
0: absolutely and also you're looking at their schedule especially the Miami Dolphins with their schedule in week 15 they are at the Bills so that could potentially be a division clinching game between the Bills and the Dolphins which that's very interesting to watch. Um, But when it comes to the Dolphins, the rest of their schedule, Texans, Niners, Chargers, Bills, Packers, Patriots, Jets. And then on the Bills side, you have Browns, Lions, Patriots, Jets, Dolphins, Bears, Bengals, Patriots. So, I mean, in my opinion, Miami has the easier schedule.
1: Yeah, I, th- I could see them both winning out. Obviously, I have to face each other, so one of them's going to lose, but I could see them both easily winning out for each each of those games, each of those yeah. like teams.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I am leaning towards the Dolphins, but, I mean, again, the Jets are still in the conversation as well. They're number two in the division currently as it stands because they're six and three as well. So with the Jets, they are currently sitting with the Patriots, Bears, Vikings, Bills, Lions, Jags, Seahawks, and Dolphins left. Which, I I like Robert Sala too. When we talk about coaches that are that you know you would play for in the league, we talk about Dan Campbell a lot with the Lions, which they won their first game in a while um, this weekend, which is great for them. But they beat us last week. Yeah, well, they, they beat you guys too. Um, yeah, but, but two wins this season, two, uh, two win games, first time, two game first, win streak. That's pretty good too.
1: First time since Jim Campbell or John Campbell, Jim Jim Caldwell's uh tenure. Jim Caldwell ah uh, it's that's the last time they won three games in a row so they're going for three in a row this week that's a lot when you talk
0: about Jim Caldwell in a minute too because people were talking about how Jim Caldwell <laughs> was a great coach for the Colts and we'll talk about that in a second anyway um so so with these teams I mean with the Jets I could see them lose I mean they'll probably lose to the Vikings they'll keep it close with the Bills They'll probably lose to the Seahawks, most likely, and then they win the rest of the game. And Maybe the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins will probably be. And depending on what the Dolphins are doing, where they are in the AFC, where they are in the division, they could potentially sit players this game, but I highly doubt it, because the AFC is going to be very, very competitive to the end. Um, the Jets could still be in it, too. I mean, I, I still think, I, I tend to agree with you. I think the Dolphins are definitely going to take it. Um, that's not how the poll is shaping up right now, though, on Twitter. So if you think it is the Dolphins or the Jets or the Patriots, feel free to go on my Twitter page, Dylan underscore James, and vote on that poll because it's one of the top polls on my page. I'm pretty sure I clicked Dolphins, but I could be wrong. Mm. Currently, it's at 23% Dolphins. I think I did. I don't know. Bills are at 62%. So. Yeah. Kind of high to me. Kind of high. But I, 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 I still believe in the Dolphins as long as they stay healthy. I think the Tua scare... I mean, even with the Tua scare, they were still able to be success I mean they moderately keep it close, moderately yeah. successful, um, without Tua being in there. So I mean, hey, they they, they they were got over the hump of that. They got they got past the whole injury with Tua and now they might be in the clear. So who knows? Fingers crossed for them and knock on wood, hopefully they'll be able to stay healthy. Because I love watching these teams when they're at their full strength be successful. And I think that Dolphins could definitely do that in the AFC East. Um Let's talk about Jim Caldwell for a second too. People were talking about with the Colts and know, going back to the Colts conversation. People were saying Jim Caldwell was a good coach. And the biggest thing to me is that Jim Caldwell was a good coach because he was a puppet on the sidelines, especially in Indianapolis. And you know why? Because there was a guy there named Peyton Manning who was calling all the shots. He was in the huddle. He was the one calling the plays. It wasn't Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell was there to make it look like the Colts had a head coach, which they did, but he was just on the field. They just weren't paying him to be a head coach, but Peyton Manning was out there and he was coaching the team. So unfortunately, Jim Caldwell was not a a good head coach. And he showed that after Peyton Manning left the Colts and then he got fired and then went over to the Lions and got fired there too, because they didn't play very well there for the Lions. So again, I'm sorry, Colts fans, but he was not a good coach. I'm sure you're happy to not have him and have Jeff Saturday instead.
1: So. Hey, i would play. I would play for Jeff Saturday. That's another coach I would love to play for.
0: If he had more coaching experience. Yes.
1: I just yep. think he's, he's just be a fun person to play with. Yeah.
0: Um. John has two comments here. One about the dolphins dolphins will end up first. As long as Tua stays healthy and uh, Tyree kill bill. Second, Pat's third, because I don't believe in the jets. So, let's see if the Jets proved oh, yeah. you wrong, John. Also, Jim Caldwell went two and fourteen in two thousand eleven, was fired. He was a bum, a fraud, living off the coattails of Peyton Manning. I think this is the one time, John, we actually fully agree on a topic. I think I think this is the first time. So mark it down in the history books that John Suggs and I agreed on a topic for once. That's great yeah. on puck off or this show. Like it's crazy. Um, Let's talk about what happened in week 10 because there was a, there were a lot of games out there. and We'll kind of preview three of the best games in week 11 and kind of get your thoughts out there to see which game you are most interested in moving into the weekend. So first, the Seahawks and the Buccaneers. Like I said before, Tom Brady has been undefeated since his divorce from Giselle, which that's incredible. And someone who has been winless in that same time frame since Call of Duty was released is Kyler Murray. Um, right. So that's pretty staggering, which because we've seen the charts where every year when the new Call of Duty comes out, Kyler Murray's success Drops. digresses and uh, it, it just, it just it doesn't do well. And yeah, we kind of see it this year too. So did you that
1: see? Might did have you some, seen, yeah, did you see Ninja true. on Pat McAfee show?
0: No. Oh no, I, I saw a was, clip of it. I didn't see yeah, all of it though. I saw a clip of him being it on. It was there. hilarious.
1: It was hilarious. I well, loved it.
0: I mean, I, and I love how the, those, guy, those guys like Ninja, Tim the Tapman, Nick Merckx are all all getting in the mainstream a little bit more too. And like Barstool loves them too. Barstool had on Nick before and stuff. So um, yeah. it's pretty cool to see those guys in in the mainstream media. But Buccaneers, Tom Brady leaning on his run game a little bit in this game, but still won the game 21-16 to 16 against a surging Seahawks team, which I thought the Seahawks were going to win that game. But Tom Brady's proven us wrong once again. That once you get the wife out of the way, once you get family out of the way, F of them kids, as they say on Twitter, <laughs> that he can start playing football again. I mean, yeah. Still can't catch to save his life, but Well, I don't think he really needs to. <laughs> I mean, like
1: He's forty he's forty three. Why did why did they have him run that? Why?
0: Uh, I don't know. They, I guess they're just trying to show off a wrinkle, but again at the same time, why? Why? You got Tom Brady. Let him let him throw the ball. Don't let him yeah. catch the ball. He exactly. looks like a a, a a senior horse out there when he's just like galloping down the field, like looking all rickety, looking like the old man. Have you ever seen that that video of that old man with the football and like he's playing yeah. football with all those guys and everybody's yeah. like moving out of the way because he's running so slow and stuff. Um, yeah. That's what it reminds me of John saying. And that was Brady's first interception since week one. And in my opinion, that wasn't on Brady. Do you think Bucks get healthy at the right time? I think things, external forces, aka the divorce, are no longer there, so he can actually focus on football now. I, I think that I think they're still going to get in the playoffs. I'll say that I think they're getting they're going to get in the playoffs. And do I think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl? No. But do you count out Tom Brady? Do you say that he's not going to make it to the Super Bowl if he's in the playoffs? If he at least has a shot at the playoffs? And if, if Rob Gronkowski comes back, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. A fully healthy Rob Gronkowski. He's been out the entire regular season. Probably still working out. Probably drinking a little bit heavier than normal, but still working out. Staying healthy just in case that phone call comes. Do you think that Rob Gronkowski push them over the edge and, and get them to, say, an NFC championship game? Me? Yeah.
1: Give him any tight end that's better than Kyle Rudolph, and I think they can make an NFC Championship game. Give them Tony Gonzalez. Give them Tony Gonzalez, and I think they can make a Well, Tony
0: Tony hasn't been in the game for a long time. Still, he's probably better than Kyle Rudolph. That's Mm. coming from a Packers fan, too. We'll give him Jeff Swaim. Yeah. I mean, if they need a blocking tight end anyway, apparently Mike Rabel thinks he's the he's the greatest blocking tight end in the league. So he has him out there all the time. And the one pass, especially in the first half, that could have been a big play for the Titans before the Nick Westbrook-Akina touchdown was a pass to Jeff Swain, who was wide open, and he dropped the ball. He just has rocks for hands. It's awful to watch, but he's there. So, I mean, if the if the Bucks need him, to block a little bit, I I happily give him Jeff Swain happily, and yeah. we'd keep Conquo well, so that's fine. Um, John says, and Murray is not winless. He won this past well, well what he didn't uh, play, though. one and two. He's he one and not two now. Though. What now? he didn't play. Oh well, then there there you go. His team won, but he didn't he didn't win. Yeah. Um, and that's the reason why they won because he was he was injured. And that was the battle of the backups, and I hated watching it. Playing Modern Warfare Two—that's what he's doing this weekend. Instead of watching his game, and or pay OBJ and give him another weapon. Talking about the Bucks. Please, OBJ, just come to Green Bay. OBJ know. has has come out and said that there are a few teams. hope oh, your audio went out. No audio. (laughs) Better now. Yes, I can hear you now. Good. Um, Look that up for me then because obviously I can't. Um, OBJ did whittle down his team list to at least four. And I heard there was rumor that he had whittled it down to two teams now. There was a a coin toss essentially between two teams that he was willing to come back to. Um, I'd be very interested to see who those teams are if you can find that. Uh,
1: so he said five teams Okay, that it was like from the Fox four, uh, Kansas city, Dallas, Buffalo, San Fran and giants. Those are the five that he says. And then this came out, this was updated on the 13th of
0: 2022. And John is no, saying Dallas and the bills. Is that the whittle down list? John, that you saw Dallas and the bills, that rumor. Cause I saw it was two teams that he whittled it down to. Um, because I, I don't think he's going back to the Giants, unfortunately for Giants fans. I don't think he's going back there. I, I don't see him going to Kansas City because I don't see where he would fit in because they have so many weapons there already that... Why? Oh. Unless unless Juju... I think Juju was nursing an injury. He um,
1: got a, a concussion.
0: So th- that could potentially be an opening for OBJ, but I highly doubt it. I think that he'll just come back when he comes back, and they'll still have the play playmakers they need. Um, John said that's what I heard, but heard a little Birdie saying 49ers as well. Which 49ers? They, I mean, they've been playing well too. Christian McCaffrey's been playing great. Um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's a game manager. That that that's what he is. He's a game manager. He's able to win win you games, and they are one of the one of the teams that teams do not want to play. Yeah, heading into the stretch of the season. I mean, they're they're going to be a very tough out this regular season, and in the playoffs they can make some noise with, especially their defense. But uh, having Christian McCaffrey too, having the playmakers they have, uh, you know, George Kittle being out there too, Rob Grung, uh, um, uh, um Jimmy Garoppolo being the quarterback. I mean, I think they can play really well and do some good things in the playoffs if they can get there, which um, I think they're just above five hundred currently, but. They can, they can, they can come back. They can come back.
1: Yeah, I think right now that they would be the seventh seed
0: if the game, if the season ended today. So, mm. and as long as Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, which he has surprisingly, Christian McCaffrey has stayed on the field. I, I, I don't know what witch doctor gave him a potion before the season, but he's broken the curse so far. Yeah, I, yeah. So yeah. I mean that that's a good thing for Niners fans. That was a good thing for Panthers fans until they shit the bed and they just decided not to be a good team this year so now 49ers fans are just reaping reaping the benefits of a so far healthy christian mccaffrey
1: yeah and if he stays healthy throughout the rest of the season it's going to be a great look for the 49ers Uh,
0: great look for them great look for them and I, i think that they will definitely love to keep him there for quite some time if he's able to be successful and make it to the playoffs with them um Let's talk about some of these other games. Lions and Bears. Lions come back. After trailing 14 points entering the fourth quarter, this is the first time they've been able to do something like that since October 31st of 1993 against the Vikings in a win 30-17 to 17 against the Vikings.
1: That's, 27. Did I put 17? Yeah, I'm at 27.
0: 27. 27. But 27. still, 30-27. to 27. Incredible. Incredible by them. So, yeah. Um, Again, Dan Campbell's doing good things there. As long as you stay patient with Dan Campbell, Jared Goff. I mean, he went to a Super Bowl.
1: I don't want them to keep Jared Goff after this year. I know, but I really, I really hope they get somebody else. If they're able to get like the Tennessee quarterback that you guys that from you guys Malik Willis, Malik not Malik He's Willis, a... uh, the Hooker the oh Tennessee... Tannehill oh t- okay Hinden Hooker yes Hinden Hooker that's his name. Um, him or like the Rice guy will Levis will Levis. That was, I think those would be mm. great pickups for him. I just will think Levis somebody other. Than, I think somebody other than Jared Goff will be good though. I think obviously Bryce Kenny's going or Bryce Young's going like first. C.J. Stroud's going like second, third. Well, he, could they drop to them? Probably. I think if they, I think if one of those two do drop to him, I think they should just pick him up right away. Cause I think they have a really good receiving core. They have a really good offensive line. Obviously they need the defense, which they can just get through free agency. They can get through the draft later rounds, but I think they need to have a
0: cornerstone quarterback to start off with, at least right now. And how much longer is Jared Goff on that team? How, how long is his contract? Do we know?
1: I, I think it was, I think this year. And then next year's is last year.
0: Because I mean, I, I could see them holding on to him, having a, a drafting a, a quarterback this next offseason and keeping Jared Goff there to kind of play, get the other guy acclimated with the system and then kind of move forward with him because I don't think he's that bad of a quarterback for them to move away from him yet. But I can kind of see it being like a Ryan Tannehill John says it's through 2025. Yeah, so there's so, a few more seasons left.
1: Yeah, so I was wrong. But this is the only way he could get out. So if they were to drop him this year, his dead cap would be 41.15 million. They're not dropping him then. After next after this upcoming year. So in starting 2023, it'll go down to 10 million and then in 2024 it will go down to 5 million.
0: I would wait for then.
1: So I could see him staying, but I I would still say just try to pick up somebody else and
0: yeah, I mean, that's, you can still pick somebody else up, especially a rookie, and draft him and, and just keep him in the system cheap against your books and, you know, go from there. See, see what happens and see if they're able to take the spot, and that could push Jared Goff to play better as well. So yeah,
1: That's why I'm saying sort of like try to get Will Levis because he is still very rough and he can learn behind Jared Goff for a bit. Because so I think Jared Goff is a different quarterback than what we saw in L.A. because I think in L.A. he was being babied. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are starting to realize it too.
0: And also, he had high expectations too, especially taking that team to the Super Bowl. Yep. Then, after that, not living up to the hype of a quarterback that took a team to the Super Bowl. So, he's having a second life, a second chance here in Detroit. And he's doing well so far, he, he's playing in these games um and he's keeping it competitive in most games anyway so I mean he's doing the right things I think that again next year I think we could see the Detroit Lions win a few more games and see what happens um but having a quarterback in the quarterback room that's a rookie that's not a bad idea I mean draft somebody see what happens um you'll have you know four years a fifth year if you decide to go with a fifth year option you know um you at least have that so i yeah. i would do that definitely have a quarterback in the in the background and see what happens with jared goff for one more year until his cap drops his dead cap drops down to the five mil i think that would be the best thing for them yeah. um john says i can see raiders move on from car says kerr but kerr yeah well, i i could see Carr, especially if it goes the way we think it's going to go the rest of the season Carr asking to go somewhere else potentially because I mean, he he does say yes. He bleeds silver. The, he bleeds black silver and, and black and silver, silver and black, whatever. Um, but uh, if it's gonna be that kind of situation there, to where he just last year was his peak. <laughs> last year was his peak with an interim head coach. That was his peak in his career. Um, yeah, he'll need to go somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, change I, of scenery. Yeah.
1: One thing I, one place, one place I would, that would be funny if you were to go is go to uh, Houston. Go to Houston, go to where his older brother,
0: his brother played played there and see if he can right the wrongs that his brother did to that organization. Yeah. Potentially he could. Um, Wesley said they move on from Carr. Adams going to call Rogers. (laughs) I mean, if, if Rogers is playing in the league at that point, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see if he is. We'll see if he is. If he wants to keep playing, which... I mean, I assume he's going to. I mean, his, his contract was, what, a three-year extension? Two or three-year extension? I think it was a
1: two-year, I believe. I think is. I'm pretty sure his last year is, like, 2024.
0: Okay. That gave him flexibility, at least, to where... If he wanted to keep playing, he'd go somewhere else, so...
1: Spot track is very friendly. 2026, never mind.
0: Oh, yeah, I was about to say... It seemed like it was a little bit longer than 2024. It yeah, it was like
1: 20... wait, what? That's uh unless I'm wrong, because Spot Track has it so it goes to 2026 and then it goes back down to 2025. So Hmm. Okay. Well, a few more seasons anyway. A few more seasons, at least. More I'm seasons. gonna say probably 2024, and then it looks like maybe plus two more years. Which if we have them for that long. It might be an
0: out for him. That's the reason why they have it that way. It might be an out for the organization and him. Maybe.
1: Maybe. But I really hope we don't have him until he's 43, especially the way that he's been playing
0: this year. Hmm. Well, I mean, again, I don't think it's necessarily all on him.
1: Have you seen... Did you see all the clips from Twitter about against the Lions? All the people that no. he missed that were wide open? Oh, no. It's bad. It's bad. There's a lot of plays that...
0: Packers quarterback is set to earn $42 million in 2022, $59.515 million in 2023, and $49.3 million in 2024. Three years, $150 million. That's what John okay. says.
1: So, yeah, so it is 2024, but for some reason it's a, it was a 2026. So I guess that is
0: just... He might just have like a team option or something to say, you know, if they wanted to keep on keeping on with Aaron Rodgers, they could. But, I mean, at this point, do you think the organization wants to keep him? hmm with the way he's playing, if he plays like this again next year. I I think that this is just an anomaly. I think it is. I I don't think that we're we're seeing a degradation of Aaron Rodgers' skills yet. I don't think we are. I I think they're still there. I just think that, at times, he just... His wide receivers at first, in the beginning of the season, his wide receivers were just dropping balls left and right. He was dropping dimes, and his wide receivers weren't just coming up with him um, because they were young rookie guys mostly. But now I think it's more of, I don't know if he's taunting the organization. I don't know if it's like just, uh, well, whatever. Let me see if I can just toss this thing up there and see what happens. Um, but he's just not playing. He it doesn't seem like his head is in it this year. For no, some like, reason,
1: I think it also it's like it also proves that we need to play with confidence that our confidence was just shattered the past few weeks.
0: Yeah, I
1: think, and especially, especially like, coming
0: up against the Titans this Thursday, having an, a defensive line who didn't have Jeffrey Simmons this past weekend against the Denver Broncos, sacking Russell Wilson six times. That's that not Tom's, a good look for the Packers either. Is that that, that, could, that could look bad for Aaron Rodgers on Thursday. Yeah, on prime time, but we'll see how that goes. Um, other games that were of note this past weekend: Titans obviously beating the Denver Broncos seventeen to ten at home. The defense for the Titans, though, they they've been doing very very well for the Titans. They've allowed the least amount of points uh, by any NFL team over the past few weeks um they they're playing up to the caliber people thought they would be playing at there is there are still some question marks at corner uh, especially having Lonnie Mitchell out there he was playing this weekend he was playing on the outside and would did not play very well um but as we as Christian Fulton our number one corner was out due to injury so hopefully he'll be back for Thursday Night Football it looks like Randy Bullock might be out for Thursday Night Football our kicker so we just signed a new kicker to our practice squad and potentially moving him up to the active roster by Thursday. Um, Jeffrey Simmons was out this past weekend as well, but it looks like he is on the up and up. It looks like he is feeling better this Wednesday than he did last Wednesday. So he's on trajectory to start um, on Thursday as well against the Packers. Um, Danico Autry has been lighting it up. Pressures, uh, sacks, he has been doing all the good things that the Colts wanted him to do when he was in the organization, but they just let him go. And the Titans secured that, which was great. Um, But yeah, the defensive line, especially for this Titans team is dangerous. As long as the Titans offense can score more points than 17, I think 24 is the most they've scored all season, 24 points, which is sad (laughs) <laughs> I mean, like they need to be scoring more points than that because this was a team that just two, three seasons ago was scoring over 30 points a game, which that, that that's a very, very big decrease in the offensive output that the Titans were used to just a few seasons ago. But uh, Nick Westbrook-Akina came up with two big touchdowns this weekend. Ryan Tannehill did some very good things on offense in the second half. Um, Todd Downing still is making questionable play calls on offense, trotting out Malik Willis on a third down and three, trying to hand it off to Derrick Henry and instead of instead tried to pull it, dropped the ball and it turned into a fumble recovered by the defense. Um, some weird calls that are thrown out there. I think that that's going to be the, if there is a demise of Mike Vrabel at any point, which I don't think there will be, but if there is and he decides to keep dot Todd Downing the entire time, that's going to be his downfall, is Todd Downing. Because he doesn't need to be an offensive coordinator. He doesn't need to be there. Tim Kelly needs to be making the calls and playing the calls, or sending in the play calls, because all he said this past week, Mike Rabel was talking about the offensive output from the team. Paul Kaharski was asking the hard-hitting question, saying, are you are you happy with the offensive play calling this year and pretty much Mike Vrabel just said as long as the offensive coordinator can get the ball can get the call out to the quarterback and the guys can get in their spots in time to execute the play it's all about execution. So you're pretty much saying that you you like the fact that Todd Downing can just get the call out to the quarterback regardless of if it's a good call or not getting the call out to the quarterback in an efficient manner that's what you're happy for that's what you're happy about that that's, that doesn't translate to success in this league no efficiency at sending the play call to your quarterback no it what translates to success in this league is scoring points i know your defense is not giving up a lot of points which is great but you can't just rely on them game in and game out you have to score points on offense Derrick Henry has to get going. He had about 50 rushing yards this past weekend. Not good enough for him. He was pretty pissed off at the post-game press conference as well when it came to his offensive production. So we'll probably see a very angry Derrick Henry playing up against Green Bay Packers on Thursday. And that typically translates to a very, very good day for King Henry as well. Uh, John Suggs chiming in saying, can we get two games? Derrick Henry, be consistent. I'm used to seeing him get 120-plus, and he hasn't done that. The thing about Derrick Henry, I mean, he he had three three games in a row where he had hundred plus yards. Especially his four, his game against the Texans, which was his fourth game over two hundred yards against the Texans defense. So he has done well in the season. He's still only a few yards behind Saquon Barkley um, for the the rushing title this year. But yes, I do want it to be more consistent. I think that that translates to. Offensive play calling as well. I think that that's something that they need to look at too. Um, The first half though was probably the worst half of play calling that I've seen from the Titans this season. Uh, The Titans only scored seven points at the very end of regulation in the first half Um, going into the halftime off of a, a nice drive from Ryan Tannehill. It seemed like Ryan Tannehill was the only one calling the plays. He was the one in the hurry up offense. So it looked like he was the guy calling the plays. It sounds like if, that we get that much success play calling on offense, we should just let Ryan Tannehill do it because obviously Todd Downing's not doing it right. Um, but hopefully things can change on Thursday, especially against the Packers, who just won one of their first games and a few, but um, they're kind of reeling too this season, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, um, Vikings obviously coming back. Great, great comeback by them, 33-30 against the Bills. Colts winning 25-20 against the Raiders. Um, and Packers winning against the Cowboys, which, again, that was impressive, especially against the Cowboys team that just didn't seem to have it together completely against the Packers. Um, able to capitalize on that and win in Dallas against the against the Cowboys, 31-28. Um, great win by them. Uh, snaps a five-game losing streak too. Ugh. Um, yeah. Mike McCarthy dressed as Vince Lombardi in pregame. Yeah, interesting.
1: In Green Excellent. Bay, dressed as Vince Lombardi, walking up the tunnel,
0: do, 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 and then we just stomp him and I'm like, cool, awesome. Thank you for um, your yeah. service. Yeah, sorry, Maybe it was it was in Green Bay this past weekend. Um, Chargers, Niners, Niners won twenty-two to sixteen against the Chargers. Chargers, man, I, I don't know. Justin Herbert looked good. He's he's looked probably the best he's looked since his injury this past weekend, but they just couldn't put it together. I, th- I think that some of their their key pieces on offense have been out too. That's been a bad thing for the Chargers so far, but they're yeah still in the conversation in the AFC. So we'll see if they're they're able to bounce back. And the Commanders again winning last night, thirty two to twenty one against the Eagles. Um, week eleven games. There's three games that are that are in particularly interesting or particularly interesting to. Uh, Tyler and myself, the first game, obviously, Titans at Packers. The second game, Cowboys at Vikings. And the third game, Chiefs at Chargers. So let me know in the comments below which game you think will be the best game this weekend of those three games. So once again, Titans, Packers, Cowboys, Vikings, or Chiefs, Chargers. Tyler, I'll let you go first.
1: I'm not going to pick the obvious one just so you know. True. I, I know you know. want to pick <laughs> I'm going to pick Cowboys-Vikings. Okay. Two teams that are fairly evenly matched up. I think that the Cowboys, that Mike McCarthy will... I obviously, knowing how Mike McCarthy coached for us, I think he sort of changed his philosophy a little bit. I think it's still a little bit of the same, but I think it could get that defense going back up again against the Vikings. I think Justin Jefferson is going to go off. I think Justin Jefferson versus um, Trayvon Diggs is going to be a great matchup. I still think Trayvon Diggs is mediocre, but I think that could be a really good matchup to watch. Um will Micah Parsons be able to bounce back after basically not even get it not even sniffing Aaron Rodgers at all last week. Um so who knows? I think this could be a good bounce back game for the Cowboys and then I think this could be the start for the Vikings to prove like hey we're actually we're actually here. We're actually real. We're actually gonna be competitive.
0: Yeah I mean I think that's gonna be a game to watch for sure. I'll go the opposite Now go Chiefs at Chargers. I think that's gonna be an interesting game in the sense that Kansas City is favored by six and a half in this game. But I still every time that Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes play against each other, it's usually a gunfight. It's usually just offensive battle, left and right. it's it's always a good game in between these two quarterbacks. And I'm sure we'll see more and more of these matchups over the next few years, especially them being in the same division. So I I think Chiefs and Chargers, it will show me a lot with the Chiefs as well. They kind of wavered a bit with the Titans. Um, I didn't really bring up that. I actually did go to California. In California, I found a bar. It was Downey Brewing Company um in downey california close to los angeles and met up with some california titans fans they actually have a twitter handle ca- twitter handle cali titans fans they also have a facebook page um I, I met a guy there riley in disneyland i was in california adventure and i saw a titan's hat i said Titan up he told me about the viewing party on Sunday, and and uh, Ann Bailey and I decided to go, which was fun. Um, got to meet some of them. So so shout out to California Titans fans; they were fantastic. But watching it that game in that in the bar there, um, Titans could have easily won that game, especially if Ryan Tannehill was playing that game. It, it, it would have easily been a Titans win at Arrowhead. Um, unfortunately, for you know for Titans fans out there, it turned out to be a Patrick Mahomes and Chiefs win, but. Chiefs showed some weakness in that game, and I I, I just want to see if they are the real deal. If they can beat the Chargers handedly, if they can beat them by a touchdown, maybe even ten points, maybe even you know fourteen points, I think that's when I'm going to say okay, the the Chiefs are definitely going to be legitimate contenders the rest of the the rest of the season. But if, if they if they struggle against the Chargers, then uh, I'm going to have questions. We have questions on both sides. Are the Chargers actually that good? Are the Chargers going to be better than they have been this season? Or is it just the Chiefs and they're just not playing as well as we thought they would be? Um, John says, first Cowboys versus Vikings. He says, Bengals versus Pitt. Jets versus Pats. Be good games to watch also. Upset I have is the terrible Panthers over the Baltimore Ravens coming off their bye week. I could see it. I could see it. P.J. Walker, man. P.J. Walker time. He's been doing Walker. well. Um, also, I think it's a 12-point spread, but something about it.
1: For, uh, for the Panthers.
0: 12-point spread in think, favor oh. of Baltimore? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Let me look it up really I fast. would take plus 12 all day. Oh, P.J. Walker's out. So it's going to be Baker? I think it's going to be Sam Darnold. Oh. Let me look. Whoa. Well, but, it's because uh, Baker Mayfield had that concussion from tapping his head against everyone's helmet last year or two games ago when they won yeah
1: i have no idea i'm trying to find it i cannot find it on espn's website oh interesting panthers to start mayfield at quarterback oh, okay Walker. so well, it's baker
0: mayfield let's see if baker can come out there and prove himself again
1: yeah and it is a yeah it's 12 point spread favored for baltimore
0: <sighs> that's that's a huge spread though especially against the Baltimore Ravens. Have we said, do they not remember the games we saw earlier in the season when Baltimore would be within a field goal of teams? And they, lo- they would lose the game in the last two minutes of the game. They not see that. I think that's going to be, it is
1: also the Panthers though. So
0: it is the Panthers, but I mean, they still have some, they have some okay pieces there still. Yeah.
1: And the second okay. highest is Buffalo being favored against Cleveland at eight and a half. So,
0: Hmm. I can see that more being the case than, especially with them losing last week. They want to come out with vengeance. Oh, so, yeah. And depending on how Josh Allen's ulnar nerve is, we'll see how that's holding up for him um, heading into this game. But, again, I think that Chiefs and Chargers will be a good game to watch, too. All three of those games will be great. Titans-Packers, I'm sure that we'll be talking about that in our Discord channel um, quite a bit when that game is happening because it's gonna be a really really big game to watch too um speaking of the polls from earlier there were three polls all together i'll start with the first one will jeff saturday and end the season with an above 500 record as a head coach 64 percent say no um who will clinch the afc east this season the bills are at 57 percent on this poll for the Patriots, 7% for the Jets, and 21% for the Dolphins. Last but not least, which team has the best chance to secure the number one seed in the NFC? Eagles at 43% and Vikings at 57%. Giants have 0%, and there's no other team that people listed that have a chance at the number one overall seed in the NFC. So it looks like Eagles-Vikings are going to battle it out, and Vikings are going to win the number one overall seed based on people's suggestions.
1: What's going to suck if the Vikings don't get the number one seed and they get the number two seed and the Packers get the, the seventh seed? I would want that to be a game. That would be a fun game. Yeah. Nothing to that lose. Would be. Oh, let's just go back up to Minnesota and just try
0: to win. Try to win. That's right. Winning you're in. Which, I mean, yeah. you would already be in. But winning you're in the next round, at least. Yeah. So. Um, anyway, guys, thanks for watching this week of Out of Bounds. If you like the show, feel free to subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and share us with your friends. We always love the love on social media because we are the most interactive social media sports network out there. Tyler, you have anything else to say before we end this evening?
1: Uh, sorry we screwed you over, Marty Rogers.
0: Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Well, say, I mean, he could go to the practice squad.
1: I don't. Well, I don't want him on the team anymore.
0: Well, yeah, that, that too. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of fans that are out there that think the same way. Especially, you know, having oh, fumbling yeah. problems with a punt like that in a game like that—that's not really the best.
1: Yeah. Also, this and also the University of Idaho uh, students. So there's four more that got killed in a stabbing at a at a part at a house.
0: So, jeez, jeez. Well all prayers out to all thoughts, and prayers out to those families, those players, um, and everyone affected in both those incidents. Uh, that's just not something we need in this country, but you know, obviously um, unfortunately there are people out there that feel like they need to do that. Um, so again, everyone here at JDF sports has them in their, our thoughts and prayers, but thanks again so much guys for watching this week. And uh, we'll see you right here on Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern time next week on JDF sports.